the thing is, it's us coming to terms and not listening to our brains and our heads what they're saying, but actually our hearts and our guts that we know deep down we're all doing things wrong, but we we haven't come to terms and had that conversation with ourselves to go, oh, actually, yeah, I am going to challenge the way I exist and make my money and get the life I do. And if this is where, you know, those lawyers have rightly done the right thing, you know, how can we be prosecuting somebody that is trying with that every part of their being to protect future generations you know it's not actually about them they're doing this so now it's it's multiple generations every ton of carbon we draw down and stop is going to provide lives for future generations and i think i think this is coming more and more and even like with b Corp stuff even if you are just in a way just starting your b Corp journey but you're doing it because you're seeing other businesses doing it you want to be like them but once you start inquiring through the lens of the bia and stuff it does make you go oh yeah what policy should i do oh yeah actually what does it mean when my team strikes should i give some paid volunteering days and the like and i think i do think all industries are coming to a change point and it's just more like how soon You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with me, Dan Burgess. The story of Spaceship Earth is simple. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. Like a spaceship, we have a finite amount of supplies with an intelligent operating system called nature, which keeps everything replenished as long as we all respect it and participate wisely. So a deep relationship with this mysterious system, along with spontaneous cooperation between humans and all life, is essential to keep us thriving and the spaceship flying. In this podcast, I'm in conversation with folk involved in regenerating life, shifting consciousness and reimagining how we can live more beautifully and peacefully. I talk with artists, writers, activists, designers, adventurers, healers, farmers, creative mavericks and more. Their stories invite us to participate in the co-creation of life-sustaining cultures. In service to life, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. Greetings. Welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast. This is Dan, uh, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, It means a lot to have you here. Uh, if this is your first time, uh, welcome, doubly, doubly welcome. Um, yeah, good to have you here. I uh, hope you enjoy uh, this offering. Um, this uh, episode is a very spontaneous a conversation that occurred hmm, just at the start of spring. I think it was back in April. Uh, with Matt Hocking. Um, now, Matt Hocking is founder of uh, design agency Leap, based in Cornwall. Very forward-thinking, ecologically inspired design studio uh, that have been around for nearly 20 years. Um, Matt is also a co-founder of Goodfest, um, also in Cornwall which is a gathering of uh, of interesting folks uh, 
all exploring the big challenges of our time and uh, exploring ideas and uh, ways of being um, that can help us uh, travel through uh, through the mayhem, so to speak. Um, it's a beautiful um, gathering. I spoke at it uh, last year, um, uh, which we speak of in this conversation and it's happening in autumn this year september so uh tickets are on sale now um uh, i've known matt for a few years we have been um uh connecting mainly online around each other's uh, uh offerings uh in these times um and uh, matt and his fellow um good fest uh co-founders invited me to speak um at i think it was the second good fest um but when that uh, pandemic hit which subsequently got put back a couple of years um uh, and i went down there last year um matt is a he's many things as you will discover if you uh if you if you begin to follow him and follow his work but he is a an extraordinary um he's a force of nature and energy with a massive heart who he's a designer he's a creative he's a connector he's a, a curator he's a catalyst he's an encourager um he's a very humble human being uh of which uh i would say is is the quality being called for from our species right now humility and humbleness um he's very generous uh and he has dedicated himself to serving our planet in whatever way he can serving life on this earth in whatever way he can through the disciplines and practices and skills that he has um and matt and i had uh, we've been trying to hook up uh this year um in in the real world just to spend a bit of time with each other um and he was uh, coming up towards bath and we uh very spontaneously arranged to meet um matt came to mine and we had a cup of tea and i thought maybe we'll go for a nice walk and a talk and i just thought you know what i might just put all the podcast kit in a rucksack and maybe we can record a conversation um in the woods somewhere and that's exactly what we did so this is a conversation um with matt about uh his work about i guess a lot of the themes that we're both exploring in our own inquiries and our own projects um, it's very much grounded in in this time, in this moment, and what we're being called uh, to step into. Um, and yeah, it's very alive. It's it's in the woods. It's uh, it's very elemental, as it was that particular um, afternoon. And yeah, I heartily recommend uh following matt's work he's also really i forgot to say he's a big big uh, energy in the b Corps movement as well um he's an ambassador of the of the b Corps movement and does a lot of uh support and encouragement um uh in bringing more um creative businesses particularly into that and i think what's interesting about matt is he doesn't sit still so he's agitating uh on so many levels to go beyond constantly what is uh what is seen as um you know what is enough uh but he's particularly uh he's he's yeah he's galvanizing and he's connecting up and uh he's uh he's a a wonderful human a uh 
proper uh, full-on crew member on Spaceship Earth. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, I hope you take something from it. And I hope if you work in a team or if you work in an organisation or uh, particularly, you might um, ask yourself that question, um, what are you doing? Are you doing enough for this moment? Are you stepping into service beyond your own little bit of getting your own house in order? Uh, it's something we speak to a bit in this conversation. How do we step into this bigger this bigger invitation to start to work beyond um, our own smallish agendas into serving the greater whole, uh, both now and, and way into the future? And Interesting enough, uh, as this episode lands, um, we've just actually gone live with a new offering from Becoming Crew called What's Yours to Do, which is a uh, a one day uh, a one day experience uh, in a natural environment in a place of nature um, for organisational teams to really surface these these uh, these difficult questions and to find a way to to find our creative courage and to really start to formulate what is it that is ours uniquely to do in these times. We have all kinds of skill sets, all kinds of professions, all kinds of abilities to really step into service. And um, that's really what this is about. And if that's of interest to you, um, check out the offering on on the site. It's um, it's called uh, it's what's yours to do becoming crew.com forward slash one day um yeah and uh, if you're interested please reach out but um yeah right now um thanks for tuning in uh let's cut to this conversation with matt hocking um on the spaceship earth podcast enjoy you're listening to the spaceship earth podcast with my dad dan burgess <laughs> so matt welcome to the spaceship earth podcast here in Smallcombe Wood in Bath. Hey Dan, I'm really, really chuffed to be here <laughs> and to be on Spaceship Earth, but just to spend some time with you, and especially in the woods, and especially in a special woods for you I as know. well. It's um, I quite like this. This is a very imp- impromptu pod because you just rocked up, and I was like, "Should we go for what? <laughs> Actually, should we, have, should we record a podcast?" <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's um, no, it's, it's it's good to be here. This is the, yeah, this wood is a special wood. It's a sort of it's a little wood on the the edges of the south side of the city of Bath and it's Smallcombe Wood and it is I guess an ancient woodland for in terms of you know how much ancientness we have left in this yeah. country which isn't that much as far as I'm aware. Very very little our tree coverage these days unfortunately we're seen as a, a green um, part of the uh, the world but actually I think what we've got only three percent of our land is truly woods. I know I thought I mean this is the mad thing isn't it because um there was that thing recently, I think, in the last couple of weeks that said, I think Britain's the least biodiverse place now in the world, isn't it? Yes. Well done, Britain. Yeah. But, but, you, would, but you would, I imagine a lot of people would have no idea, British people would just have no idea that that's the case. No, I guess we also, we see the colour green and that may necessarily means nature, but actually when it's so much pasture and field land and stuff, and actually, you know, I don't want to get political, too, but, you know, <laughs> Only a few people own most of that land, was it? 40, 38% of the UK is owned by just a you know, couple of people. Um, yeah. So get, we're going to get into rights, rights to roam, aren't we? Straight yeah, away. yeah. And but I think that's the thing. We we see we think we're full of nature, but actually we need to actually invest, uh, regenerate, and protect nature. Yeah, it's. Um, I I do find that you know there's something I've been thinking about a lot, and again 
dive straight in. I've been thinking about our colonial past as a country. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's quite uncomfortable. I mean, it's not that uncomfortable for me. I'm, you know, a white man. I've probably, until, you know, not that long ago, became much more aware of how destructive that history actually is. Mm. But, um, but I have a feeling that part of that story of that sort of command and control kind of view of the natural world, you know, seeing the natural world as a resource and then plundering, you know, all of these places and cultures in the name of empire. Um, you know, that again, that relationship, the, the idea of seeing these as resources and, and, and inert, you know, inanimate life, because mm. that's really what sits, was sitting as far as, un, you know, underneath that colonial kind of mindset, you know, let's, let's extract, let's acquire, yeah. let's manipulate. Purely extractive, yeah. purely, you know, make hay while the sun shines and, and actually think very short term. Um, yeah. In the in the scheme of the, especially the world, you know, capitalism what four hundred years old, um, very you know highly extractive economy, but not only now really starting to come to terms with, you know, First Nation Indigenous past many ancestral uh, generations ago that are still you know shepherding and looking after the planet in its truest sense. Yeah, and it's it's um, and it sort of made me think that this now this news of you know Britain being the most biodiverse or the least biodiverse country in in the planet, and you think. Yeah, wow, because that I can't help but go to that extractive logic that we've seen the this separation narrative is so deeply ingrained in this culture that now we find ourselves, you know, possibly the most you know, the most sort of nature depleted country on earth and like what a story that is it, it, how do we go is. you know what I mean but then Cornwall's even the most tree depleted region of the UK right, <laughs> where yeah. I'm from and again it's it's considered this really lush green yes it's got a real diverse from rich to highly impoverished areas um, but again you you see some trees but they're just in little pockets you know only when we see it from the air from space do we realise how little we have now yeah well Today, at this moment, here we are in my my little uh, uh, sort of you know access to a little little bit of ancient woodland here in in uh, on the city of Bath, and uh, welcome, welcome to no, thank <laughs> you, welcome and, to the woods. And you know our our, our sort of our studio space today is literally <laughs> sitting on the on the loam of the forest floor. Um, with two ancient oaks that are conjoined beside us, which yeah. uh, is a very favourite spot of Dan, and the smell of garlic is all around <laughs> us, and the, the pitter patter of raindrops as well. Yeah, it's a, it's actually it, it actually looks like it's about to completely shit it down. So uh, this might be the shortest shortest episode ever of, uh, <laughs> uh, or we might we might wing it, but um, we're 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 definitely uh, coming from. Uh, we're, de- we're definitely sort of entangling ourselves. We're in nature. Into the, into yeah, the, we're immersed in nature. <laughs> in fact, here, here, comes, here comes a yeah. massive, uh, a massive torrent of rain. Um, but anyway, um, it's good. To, it's good to see you here. Yeah. We've been. We've been. Um, I'm trying to think like the last time I saw you I think was properly was at Goodfest, wasn't it? It last? would have been a Goodfest where it was wonderful to have you and Seema you know, join us um, and you to lead our Goodfest crew through. Uh, your ways of work <laughs> and shining a light on life and nature and and also a joy for me was actually meeting your wonderful partner in Aww. life uh, because one of the things I found at Goodfest this year so I'm going slightly off on tangent no but man, it's fine that's what this podcast is all about so many people brought their partners who might not traditionally go to their events and things like that and it was I just found it wonderful to meet those strong men and women that are kind of got the backs of their partners to go out and do the work they do yeah I mean that's a, that's a, that's such a lovely observation and it's so true it's like you know all, all these 
you know people out there throwing themselves into these these times but there's always there's always at least one often many mm. uh on the uh, in the background who are who are sort of holding us up and uh keeping us nourished and supported and cared yeah. for and and know, believing in and us. Believing in us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even going. if we don't believe in ourselves keep, sometimes. Keep, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And we can we could talk about that, couldn't we? But um, <laughs> but I loved Good Fest and what I, lo- I one of the things I loved, um it was a real treat because we hadn't been we hadn't I hadn't done any hadn't been out talking at anything for some time and you know, we'd had quite a lot of shit going on in the family for the last couple of years and and it was the first time we'd sort of gone and you know, I'd gone to something and you'd obviously we you'd postponed because of COVID and all that stuff yeah. and so I was so excited to come down and um but I had a lot of takeaways, but one of the takeaways that's really strong for me from Goodfest and still is, is this kind of um family kind of energy. And I mean that in that sort of particularly what I witnessed down there was you're bringing together lots of different age groups. So there was a there was a there yeah. was a there, were, uh, there felt like you know there was some of some of us elders there was <laughs> yeah I can't believe I'm classing myself as an elder now but I feel like <laughs> I'm moving that way but there was you know there was there was some you know there was some good good experience in the space there was some amazing amazing youngsters yeah that youth you, wisdom that, that you were platforming yeah. in such a beautiful way um, and 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 everyone else in between and what I felt was I felt that people could really sense that and I felt like there was this stuff that was going on that there was there was a there was a you know there was a there was there was information and knowledge and intelligence that was being shared both ways young to old old to young and that create is for me that's kind of what wisdom is all about it creates this new type we sort of co-creating these new a new knowledge right a new kind of understanding of things and, and yeah. people and issues that can only happen in in a real space you yeah a hundred percent i mean like so for me it's all around that sharing economy and i think it's something we forgot we talk about the sharing economy in items sometimes and tools or vehicles and things but actually the sharing economy is just feeling at ease to share information openly with others um not in our silos and with no ego and to go oh i i never knew this or i i didn't know i could do that way and that that sort of relay about yeah well i've done this for that long and i think one of my most beautiful moments is on day one when a bunch of people that don't know each other got into a very vulnerable space which is to run you know virtually naked bar their swimsuits and stuff into the sea as if they were they were one and laugh and joyously be with each other and just forget for the moment that actually I've only just met you. <laughs> and so that was special within a few hours of Good Fest occurring. Yeah, it was beautiful. And it was also what I um, remembered is you curated these spaces, lots of these different kind of, um, you know, these kind of breakout sessions that were hosted by, again, really interesting people from very kind of diverse backgrounds and ages and, you know, parts of our society and but what that was doing was it was yeah you were opening up these sort of different levels of understanding again between groups and ideas and issues again that doesn't it's not that much space for that to happen you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i think and some of it was was you know challenging stuff yeah. uncomfortable stuff and we were talking about this i think that's been one of our themes on our walk up here wasn't yes. it? we were talking about the need for you know, for for discomfort, not not that we want to, it's not that we don't like comfort, but it, this idea that these times really feel like we've got we've got to allow ourselves to move into these uncomfortable spaces and moments in order for us to actually 
start to move through you know yeah i mean we all know what comfy feels like and it's great but when we're in those comfy spaces we more often than not feel like we want something else but when we go into those uncomfortable spaces it kind of really opens up our sort of neural pathways on this kind of like you know you're learning you're feeling your senses in so many different ways and actually the uncomfortableness is where the good stuff goes but i think society and the way we've been innately brought up in most cases due to education and things like that just keeps us more like on the linear rather on the nucleated space and again privated from uh, an ecosystem that actually is about unknowingness um, and I, I guess you know for somebody that you know I said I'm an extrovert introvert an equal 50 50 I'm actually not good with a lot of people you'll actually find me fairly quiet in these spaces and mm. um, but there's a some joy of bringing people together um, some common ground where they do get to learn uh, something they maybe never even thought they were coming to Good Festival or another event for. And I'd actually say um, something to excite people maybe is to try things that you're uncomfortable with rather than go to the event that you always, like the music event that you love, but you always know what that music event's going to deliver. What if you did go to the local little music event or you went to a, a, a different uh, gathering or convening in your local woods or something like that? You know, why not try that and see how that feels compared to the knowing side? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I re- I really do feel that this 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 these edges are are the things at least for you know where I'm journeying and what I'm seeing and sensing and these edges of uncomfort. We we really need to walk towards them yes. uh, more and make a habit of it. And uh, it's not saying we have to you know let go of our of all of, all of our sort of comfortable <laughs> calmness. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if we haven't got a, a healthy regular dose of uncomfortable explorations let's say yeah. right where we're on our edges of what we know and don't know where we're with people maybe that we don't quite understand where maybe we're talking about things that make us feel a bit weird because often when we feel a bit weird it's because again it's a fear thing right because yeah. we're, 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 we're a little bit in this illusion of being able to know everything and to be able to sort of logically work it out but actually often when we feel a bit in our body it's our body telling us you know this is this is this is this is probably interesting you probably need to go there you know yeah it's a fantastic barometer for that whether whether it's eating the wrong thing and your body starts to respond and go actually that was a great adventure we just had but let's not eat that again (laughs) to um you know how it feels to test ourselves when we've been in the same job for a while and then we go to an interview and that that nerves but actually the delight when the phone rings and says you've got it and i think and exercising the only way we really push our bodies is when we get into the places where our muscles hurt or the distance goes a bit further and that's but actually innately internally we might not be doing it with our consciousness yeah and i think like um just thinking about that also sort of post good fest what i saw so i, I always think it's quite interesting seeing how an, an experience like that manifests itself afterwards and i was just looking at, i remember looking at kind of linkedin and you're seeing these not that i spend too much time on linkedin by the way <laughs> but, I, but i was there for a little bit looking and uh, but what i'm noticing is then you're 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 sort of you're catalyzing these new relationships between groups that probably didn't even know they existed, do you know what I mean, around issues that felt they were quite different. Yeah. And I think what 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 things like what you're doing at Goodfest and the, again bringing more of these unusual um you know, yeah, just, you know, in our sort of conventional modern cultures, you know, we like to keep things kind of slick or at least illusion of it and uh um you know, we we struggle with how to bring sort of complexity and diversity and stuff in well hey do you hear that look at that as i'm speaking <laughs> thunder the heavens are, uh, someone someone something something's uh, something's letting us know uh, we're onto something but there's um but you're but yeah so then there's these kind of different um 
there's these kind of these different kind of connections and relationships that form yeah and then where do those go and that's where it's quite that's where it's quite interesting i think yeah and i think again we'll keep using like terms like ecosystem it's exploring beyond your own ecosystem and just seeing how we're joined to you know so many others out there and i think all we do is create a space where those conversations can flourish and thrive in many different ways depending on how you want to do it from just creating new relationships at work or opening up new possibilities for yourself or helping you maybe feel it's not we're not there to say we're a solution for it but if you're feeling overwhelmed that there are other people in that space like you and I think it was a re- there's a really important area of Goodfest you know walking our own talk is we you know we have a youth I'm a full believer in getting young people on boards now not wait till 2030 when they're old enough to join 50 year old me and things like that and actually let's get youth wisdom alongside elder wisdom and Amelia's on our board and we wanted Amelia to do something and she said what should I do and I said well you're on the board you do whatever you want to do <laughs> and what they did was unexpectedly incredibly vulnerable everyone could hear through everything that was said around her own vulnerability, Veryl's position, what they're doing as activists, but what they're doing in their own individuality, how eco-anxiety has affected them, how they see the future they exist in and how they are part of the action and hope generation. Yeah, I mean, oh, I've got a lot of time for uh, Amelia and Veryl. And um, I, I uh, again, what you're speaking to, you know, this is this is really, really, really vital to be bringing young voices in um, and we create spaces where we listen to them. Mm. We don't try and argue them down or challenge them or tell them they don't, you know, they haven't not got the experience right. The, you know, we should be putting them front and centre, in my view, at the yeah. moment, and, and building off their visions. But the this moment of bringing young people into spaces um, and giving them the, the space just to, 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 to speak to how they are experiencing the world. You know? Yeah, and I think actually um, we did something last year called Boardroom 2030, another one of our events. So kind of looking at the future of boardrooms and why we need to have young people on those boards. And um, Can we blow up boardrooms? Sorry, that's, I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> I, think, I think rooms are part of the problem, aren't they? Just yeah. Like, like board forests. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, born in 2030, and we had a, a wonderful American-Pakistani called Mahmoud um, say, we asked every young person at the end of this conference of 120 businesses at Aiden Project, like one soundbite, and Mahmoud was the most amazing because she just said, listen to us because we're going to be running your businesses in 10 years' time. And I just, the, her absolute confidence and space of going, and it's a truth, you know, she was speaking her truth you know she wants to be in those places but actually listen now and actually i've been listening ever since and i'm very lucky in my own space to be able to be around a lot of young passionate um proactive progressive youth leaders we live on a life-giving rock called earth hurtling through space how bonkers is that you're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Yeah, but the, you know, I'll go back to the rooms. I do think the rooms are part of the problem. I think yeah. we got. I think we spend too much time in these kind of weird sort of constructs, cages that, yeah, that remove us from <laughs> yeah. life and yeah. give us a sense of, give us a weird sense of hubris and power and control that we just don't have. And I think I'm not saying we should. You know, I'm not saying rooms are. <laughs> Let's get rid of all rooms. But what I'm saying is, like, wouldn't it be, you know, if we were doing that dance between 
you know, let's have a board meeting out. Right? Yeah. Let's bring young people in. Let's bring, let's try and bring the voice of the living world into this session and, and blend this stuff in. Because I do think these systems are so exhausted aren't they these these ways of doing things <laughs> they are and also yeah i guess like sitting around a table and all, all these things you know actually a better conversation can be had by just by walking out with a team member in nature or getting your board out on the beach and actually having a bit of play with nature and then going back to the serious stuff and i think we forget that and ultimately you know there's th- those of us that are in service to the planet and those of us are learning that service will be the thing they will become in the end and the more time we can be in nature the sooner we can probably arrive at actually what our life's work is is to be in business for supporting nature and our natural ecosystems yeah yeah it's um <laughs> but probably a dreamer there aren't no, i so. mate, no mate no because it's just yeah exactly you know but you've got to remember this is a you know I, I try and remind myself like when 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 i can, you can get overwhelmed so i try and remind, remind myself that these these stories that we believe are you know the normality the fixed you can't change it you know it's a cosmic wing flap that this this whole idea of a business and uh, an operation and an industry mm. in the terms of our species evolution I mean, we're talking seconds that we've yeah. thought that this is it do you know what i mean and yeah. and and and, and it, you know what comes beyond this we 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 i think we're you know we're all we're trying to we're trying to to begin a long birthing process of something quite different and unfortunately you know the the, the problems we've got is because the, the the denial that anything's wrong is going to exacerbate our ability to create something new, you know, because the longer we have to keep sort of tiptoeing around the edges of the elephant in the room, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we need to get on with this. It's or that gonna, it's somebody yeah. else's problem right. and it's somebody else's issue, so I'll just wait for them or somebody's going to solve this for me. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, I've always loved what the work you do dan and like you know where spaceship earth comes from and buckminster fuller and just like you know this this rock you know going through space and and it's got a life support system and we're crew and i mean you you can say this better than i but i mean i think that sums it up i have a mumble at it yeah (laughs) i think you that sums it up as to me as good as it gets as well you know that but we haven't come to terms with it's an operating system it's not that we're not necessarily operating every aspect of it we're not operating it (laughs) that's that is that yeah exactly that it's it it, it's um and and i I, i'm you know convinced there is there are places for us right we've got to find our our crew true roles of which there are you know billions of of of, of uh, services required mm. b- b- lots of things that need yeah. that need stewarding and serving and supporting and you know it's all there isn't it but it's just that f- it's that switch it's that humility to i think to, to go do you know what we're not in control yeah yeah <laughs> we thought we were right we thought for a while that we were driving we were flying the exactly spaceship, yeah, yeah and we're not and yeah. we never were it was all an <laughs> illusion yeah yeah <laughs> And now we've got to figure out how we how we participate with all this other life. What's our role in this story, and how do we how do we bring that on? And that could be a that can easily you know as a thing for me, you can either see that as a, a beautiful, extraordinary, creative invitation yes. for, for our species right now, yeah. or or you just or, or you you reject it, don't you? And then and then and actually then the beauty is, is the, the, the the chance for it to be a beautiful exploration become less and less likely yeah more of a sort of like you know bloody ship sinking like how do we (laughs) yeah well i've always likened it to like you know being an activist but in the activist that is your way to take action in any ways whether you know we me you and i've talked today about financial structures law structures creativity education then you've got the um the reactivists which will be very last minute and really expensive they go oh shit all that stuff 
was right all the time yeah. that everybody is saying and then the, the the worst ones are the inactivists um <laughs> that just mm. the kind of is somebody else's problem they don't see that we're naturally part of it and they are stuck in this very short-term space um thinking this isn't good this only affects me not thinking about the generations to come I like, I like that in, in activists. Yeah, uh, that's good. <laughs> it's one of my favourite three things <laughs> I sort it? of say. Yeah, I like that. In yeah. So on that, Matt, because you are someone that I, well, what I see with uh, an incredible energy, you are, you know, you are moving in lots of very interesting um, networks. As far as I can see, you throw <laughs> yourself into the business world, into the into the design world, into the activism world. You're nonstop. You you are moving. You know you you are you, you strike me as you know sort of you know proper proper full on crew member of Spaceship Earth. You know you're always Thank you. out yeah. there yeah. trying to find trying to kind of encourage, inspire, connect, curate, bring people together. But you're you're moving in places. You know for me over the years, you know I used to do a lot of work in the business world, but I sort of came out of it because I it just overwhelmed me because mm. it, I just I got so frustrated with. With what I've, I'm a bit impatient, you know. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit yeah. bloody obvious what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. But, 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 but you, but you're doing such, you know. Can you tell us a bit about, like, look at the moment, like what. What are you up to? What are you, what are you, what are you finding out from folks? What's, what's interesting? What are you learning? Well, I think they're all, you know, really great questions, and like, it's really interesting when you hear somebody else talk about ourselves in those senses. So. I think the main thing is I just do, you know, and there's some sort of like positive reinforcement through doing rather than not doing. I do have my lazy times. I do have my times where I curl up on the bed and things like that. But I'm completely fascinated for the past two decades about my own interaction with this beautiful ecosystem that I'm part of. I'm lucky to have been born and brought up in nature where my parents let me have a very free reign in nature. Um, Down in Cornwall. Yeah, in, in the Penwithick, which is called the Clays, which is this phenomenal lunar landscape of the old clay waste mixed with um, areas where like Eden is now and things like that. So I, I was very much in nature all the time. And um, I think it was just getting to a, a point when I was working at Eden back in 2000, it just said, oh, actually, I can do the thing I imagined doing when I was a child, either be in David Attenborough or Neil Armstrong space or, <laughs> or, 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 or you know, being a naturalist. Um, and I can do that through my creativity, which I've always been really good at. But interestingly, what I've learned over these two decades is that beautiful nexus point that creativity is between society, industry and the planet. And so everything passes through the hands of a creative in some shape or form. And we can choose to just go, okay, I'll do it as I've been told, or we can do the best bit, which is challenge that brief and that way and that thing. And so, um, and through that challenging, and I like to think we're very not in an ego space. We've always been about actually the fastest way to create change is help other creators do, do the work we do better the same whatever and um so really by sharing and i can never say the word um you'll probably have to correct me here reciprocity i can't say it reciprocity somebody needs to give me a brand new word reciprocity reciprocity Reciprocity. maybe today is the day after weeks of trying to say that word and so i'm all about that reciprocity i can't say reciprocity reciprocity giving and that sort of giving back for what i have and what i've received and um in service. I didn't always use the language of service to the planet, but ultimately that's what I've come to the reality is I'm a servant leader. I'm in service to the planet that provides me with the life I have. And through my, I guess my openness and 
I guess my stubborn optimism, mm. many tables and doors keep opening. I don't know why they open sometimes, Dan. Mm. I love them. But if they open... I've got to at least step in that curiosity, that unknown, because for some reason, somebody's thinking of me in a way that might be way beyond the way I think of myself, but they trust me. And so I respond to that trust. I'm a trust first individual. And so far, this has opened up door after door after door for our perfectly small but mighty little creative agency. Yeah, but you're 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 being very modest <laughs> because because well, I think also what you're speaking to, which we spoke about, is energy, isn't it? Yeah. There's something about how we show up and the intentions that we, you know, we give we give voice to yeah to 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 where we're sort of wanting to orientate or what we're what we're feeling that we could offer. Yeah. into these times and you're working quite a lot with that quite intentionally now aren't you uh, yeah, can you energy, tell us a bit about that well that funny enough as you said that I started thinking of Bill and Ted excellent <laughs> adventures and basically I, I think that was probably a turning point in my life when they just said be excellent to each other that's nice and that's actually what it's out and being and be most bodacious in life mm. and um, I I have found the more I work within those that see a better future for people and planet the more love and energy bounces back and forth. And in the early days of Leap, we were those, you know, we we're talking about weirdness and, you know, uh, things that make us weird, make you great when you grow up. We were the, the weird individuals in the room that people didn't quite get. They're going, that, that environmental thing, is that going to work? And and now everyone's going, that environmental thing, you really knew, knew what's coming, didn't you? And going, no, but we believe with our values that we should do the best we can mm. by this world and, you know, be impeccable. We're going to use some stuff we were talking about earlier, be impeccable with our word, be authentic, be supportive, uplift others, don't pull them down. You know, again, even in the environmental movement at the moment, it's too easy just to pull people down and go, well, that's not correct or that's not right. Yeah. When actually, well done for just stepping up and standing up. And it might not be perfect. Nothing's perfect in our human world. Neither is it with nature. It just works in its time as it's evolved in its perfectly imperfect way. So uh, yeah, yeah. That, I think that 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 is a it's a worth. I think it's worth sort of paying attention to that piece about perfection and imperfection because I think that again it's another barrier that we have in this modern culture because we, we've we created again this whole idea of perfection and mm. you know what it is to be this or that and most people are just terrified of 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 looking daft or being yeah. vulnerable or failing when, failing yeah, yeah. because again what we say fail you know but you know it's kind of like failure is is glorious and nothing can happen unless you fail like mm. you can't you can't actually evolve without <laughs> failure right yeah, and yeah everything, totally. everything here in this beautiful forest is failing all the time there's yeah. failure happening everywhere it might look amazing but it's it, but, but failure is baked in right yeah, it's baked yeah. into being all the time like you have to we're spontaneously adapting ourselves to whatever the relation whatever the environment around us is is also you know how that's responding so it's a it's a dance yeah. and therefore we're so locked into this idea of this linear perfection you know i'm not good enough uh you know and and that is i think is one of the biggest things we're facing into now right because yeah. actually we we want to cultivate a culture of humility of experimentation of not knowing of yeah. me of messiness right yeah 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 and humbleness as yeah. well and things and kind of and i guess a culture of knowing what is enough yeah and um, i think this is the thing I need to get better at that yeah enough for us to do but also enough for us to do the things we want to do in life you know if it's a sum of money or a place or people around you what is enough before we spread ourselves too thin as well um 
people have always said to me, why don't you move to London? You could do so much more successful in London. I say, why? When I've like, got, I'm, you're mad. <laughs> yeah. When I've got Cornwall around me, it wasn't my big plan to come back for, to Cornwall to work at Eden, but the sea being by me in my life as always. So university, my first job, um, to then coming back for the job at Eden. And so that's my prerequisite in life is being by water. And as long as I got some form of water somewhere, and we're very lucky to, to have an abundancy in our region compared to other areas, that's been my my enough. Um, and just a, a belief like we can make do any way if we just put ourselves out there as well. And I think, I guess going back to your previous question, where I am now is just from putting myself out there I'm no expert in any of these things um, but I enjoy the curiosity you know the, the term you use the unknowingness the unlearning and then every day finding something new that just fascinates me and just going oh my god wow you know whether it's just sitting by these oak trees that you've introduced me to smelling <laughs> smelling the garlic and the, the the rain that's just freshly come to to somebody just recommending a book that i may never read but they've told me about how brilliant a book is like flourish or a good ancestor or something like that i'm unfortunately i can't read these things i need like smaller bite-sized versions <laughs> brilliant i mean i think um Again, what you're speaking to again is this is relational, isn't it? It's like when you yeah. when you when you able to start to sort of develop these relationships with the rain, with the trees, with the the smell of the more than human world around us. With you know, when you're tuning in, and and then the sort of the the extraordinariness that can come from these new relationships yeah. that that have a profound effect on what you decide is important or what's valuable or you know what you need you know yeah and i guess you know we're lucky that we can step out and see sure. things and it might be very different in cities and other regions of the world but i think finding your own patches your own spaces that you can go to just release and think and breathe for a while or getting away every so often and and slowing down you know ferris Bueller says life moves pretty fast if we don't stop once in a while it would just be gone so it's just taking these times to pause like today i can say probably me and you are probably quite time poor this week but mm. yet we've made space i know i'd get energized by yourself i felt a desire to speak to you beyond just being on a phone with you yeah and i reacted to the curiosity and the unknowingness <laughs> to come and yeah. I did not expect to be under a tree but it's a joyous no, moment nor did I mate too got here. I just suddenly, suddenly you're, you're in my kitchen I just suddenly thought do you know what should we just I thought we'll go out for a walk and I thought, but it could be better for me thought, this is perfect and yeah. you know I'll be honest it's, it's a tough week for Leap it's a tough week yeah. for our team we've yeah. got lots of conversations around change and actually just getting a little bit of time is is healing is re-energizing and really goes oh, this is why I do the work I do mm. and I, it's nice and I felt that as well because I know that I've been frying myself of late and you know we're trying to launch this remix course and trying to get applications in and the podcast is ramping up and new episodes coming and um, you know just uh, got a hub a new ocean activism retreat that i'm going to be holding space for which i've got now plan as a there's a lot on and we're a tiny you know we're a tiny little operation as you as you know but tiny but I, mighty I quite easy, yeah, i could have quite easily <laughs> yeah. today gone you yeah know, no time but i knew in my gut that actually i really wanted to spend some time with you because i know that i i also i'm i'm not great at um giving myself space to be with others who are mm. also uh, you know on, on a mission 
um, and just just hang out and to be to be there for for each yeah. other, and just to listen. And I think that's a it's so important, but it's so easy just to go. I don't have time, you know. Yeah, and we could always make that excuse of time, and then then we were wishing we could have had that time. And then there's the bit always again that unknown bit where just two people that whether they're alike or not alike get to there's energy vibrating between us that we don't even know what's happening but actually it it makes us feel better Um, and I wouldn't have had this day I've been in a car for what three hours to come here and just this little moment microphones or not (laughs) blue matching blue jackets in the woods or not (laughs) um, is is special and I said this is this is nourishment and maybe even my 18 year old self wouldn't have appreciated this Mm. so much but although I was always in the woods and the rivers and stuff when I was younger, but definitely as I've got older, I appreciate these times so much more. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with my dad, Dan Burgess. And, and you know, there's something you're saying when you're speaking to obviously the, you know, I guess a privilege that we have to be able to step into spaces like this and I guess that's something for me why I speak to this because I'm and I'm, I'm interested in some of the you know the business work that you're doing the business communities that you that you move in I, I'm, I'd, I'd love to know more about where you sense people are really at in terms of their understanding but f- when I speak a lot to the connection with the living world I'm, I'm so aware of like how difficult it is in this country all over the place to find that access to a have access to be mm. have to have yeah to have access near you um but this is kind of like what i'm speaking to this is the stuff that sends me nuts because i kind of look at the way our systems are structured and the planning that goes on and it's like why aren't we just why aren't we just spending billions on rewilding cities right yeah. just bringing nature back which comes back really fast it doesn't take 20 years like hs2 to build something right <laughs> you just create space yeah. because the impact that that will have on the human population who you know, most most humans everyone talks about oh you know we're trashing the rivers trashing the rivers. i think people are so disconnected feeling so vulnerable so beaten up by this this society and this grind and um, you know, and that is not going to get any better, right? And so, but where there is potential and quick potential in terms of like, you know, it's a diff. You know, we talk about infrastructure projects, but if it mm. was like wild infrastructure, right? Let's re, let's see yeah. that as a hu- an infrastructure is essential, particularly in a collapsing. Uh, you know, capitalist <laughs> industrial yeah. culture, right? Which is what the times were death in. Death spiral, yeah. right? It's a death yeah. spiral, right? <laughs> yeah. So, 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 but by th- there are things we could be doing really fast yeah. that are going to benefit everyone, regardless of your, but particularly going to benefit those who don't have that access, who need it the most, right? And that's what frustrates me because I feel like, if anything, that would be with all the climate issues, with all the stuff, with all the kind of like, um, you know, reluctance for, you know, uh, coming off fossil fuels, all this stuff. I'm like, we could start something tangible that actually impacts people, that people can see and witness and experience the change of today, now. Yeah. Not just planting trees which are essential in places that no one ever goes to mm. but bringing life back into these cities right yeah and, and, and totally i think everywhere you know as we said at the start this is like just what three percent of our country is got natural habitats and things so all right in urban areas it may no longer be considered natural but we can still create these wild spaces that are like you know harbors for 
for nature 100%. to be. We know that by having more trees in cities creates a cooler environment. So it's got a natural air cooling system that's there and we, our cities are getting hotter. Um, on top of that, biodiversity that's brought in there, you know, rewilding um, meadows and areas like that. Because, you know, we, we can see our insect species are depleted well they're part of a vast ecosystem if birds and that can't feed on those that's going to be less birds then there's less animals you know that will eat the birds and stuff like that so we've got everything you know as we know in this collapse so creating pockets of nature that is actually protected as well i was talking to um we've got to stop building supermarkets do you know what I mean? that's the problem yeah. it's because these are these are like post-industrial landscapes because you see it you're going to i was with you know i was with uh, on a a previous episode with with Paul Powson, this yeah. lawyer, and his his work is in uh, Ilford and Barking. It's right on the River mm. Road. I mean, it's a really, really industrial. Lots of people living in really, you know, really difficult places. Yeah. You've got the you've got the North Circular flying over. It's right heavily polluted, and he is bringing back life pretty yeah. much on his own right. And by you know he's doing it. he's bringing bringing all this stuff back. But the point this stuff for me there are these collapsing industrial landscapes you know yeah. warehousing businesses they're no longer they're, they're dying yeah not fit for purpose right they're so, dying yeah, yeah so yeah. so rather than going well what's the next business industry yeah. extractive use yeah. it's like just like rewilding these landscapes opening them up creating access for everyday people yeah but uh, yeah totally but also you know we're, we're seeing such great results for social prescribing and actually being in nature and what you know 10 minutes under a tree can do and things so look at us look at yeah. us we're like different people to when we yeah, I think they call them phytons as well is it under when you're under trees and stuff and how they can change your mood and calm yeah. and so getting so that we can get to uh, clean accessible water for swimming in or learning to swim because obviously many of of our population don't swim or fe- even feel uncomfortable swimming and, um, and you wouldn't want to swim in many of our rivers no, anyway because not the they're full of but, shit but, but then the reality of that is I'm not justifying <laughs> what the rubbish um, support um, our water system that we pay for are doing but they've actually been doing it for the entirety of our lives. It's only just now it's in focus. So of we course. are we are born of sewage. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and probably why I've, I don't well, get Well, without it. water treatment, we, we wouldn't even be alive, right? Yeah. Because if we, you know, because we've polluted every single water system. But yeah. because we're treating it in these sewage works, we're, we're able to keep using it. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like joyous. And now we're just filling ourselves with plastic within that system yeah. as well. But I mean, uh, we can go into all these things, but I no, think let's not. it is... Uh, the biggest thing is actually, you know, you've used the term that shame, that reconnecting in any way with our natural world. And it's okay to feel a novice in it. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing in the natural world other than I'm, I'm doing in the natural world. Yeah. I don't know all the species. I don't know the name of all the trees. Um, but I know when I'm by a tree or see a tree, I can feel a bit of ancient wonder. I can feel new life. I can see nature. And that's that's what inspires me. Because one one thing that's come up for me is like, and I, I guess because you you know, um, and this is probably me being a bit of an antagonist, but um, <laughs> but um, you know, when I look at things like the B Corp movement, yeah. which you know you're you're um, heavily involved in, um, so one of the things that, again, I'm coming back to the because I'm when I, I guess like the things that feel really vital is this access this access to natural to nature this reconnecting with nature this mm. is a long journey we've got to go on to bring, yeah, yeah. To bring this kind of sacred connect, connection back right it's going to take lifetimes yeah. of that but you know we're at the peak kind of peak disconnection right the rivers are full of shit the air is full of toxics you know there's <laughs> yeah. plastic in our blood it doesn't get much more yeah. peak peak pollution right yeah so if we're going to re- sort of bring this kind of 
create these regenerative cultures, that's going to take decades, probably hundreds of years. So, we're, But we're starting now at its most horrific moment, right? So how do mm. we bring that connection back? And that's going to mean allow, helping people have feel like they belong to this land, you know, belong yeah. to these places. And so I guess what I'm really interested in um, is how could, is business, could business, particularly B Corp businesses, be doing more to sort of get behind these kind of movements to actually impact real systemic change like that because that we see what our governments and are like right they bend when there's when there's pressure from the public to do something they they buckle right but i i just feel like that's such a it's such a important part of this story of dealing with climate regeneration without that true connection that everyone can start to cultivate i just feel like it's just it's it's the same story yeah and i and i i would agree and um i think you know with business like as i said you know as you said like i'm i'm a passionate sort of b corp ambassador you know since discovering it in 2008 since it first arriving on the shores of the uk in 2015 to getting certified in january 2016 uh, for me <laughs> It's interesting because everything B Corp is, we were already doing. We just didn't have a certification and we didn't have a framework. I was just doing it. The framework and the certification have made it easier for me to be in business and what I consider is amplify the right things in business to create a, a, a more resilient, attractive, retentive business that knows how it impacts its environment, both local to global, and make decisions, which I would have done anyway, but now. I'm inputting the, the data, the measures into a framework. So it's interesting you say about B Corp. So as, as businesses, for me, the certification is a, a byproduct of actually the fantastic thing, which is the free to use business impact assessment, which any organization could use to go, what good am I doing in the world that I know I do? What good could I be doing more on a local community level to a global community level? And, and what is my kind of route map through that landscape of a very diverse changing world at this time and with for business for me is is getting that momentum and working together so just like you and i knowing each other and we might energize each other what i found in the b Corps movement which again isn't perfect and it's like anything that scales is, right no and you know systemic change is about all of us nobody left behind and there is this kind of desire and feel sometimes that it's like oh it's still them and us but it should it should be none of us it's all of us or none um, and that's what we've got to break down and all of it's got to be in service to the planet so what I love about Beacor is the joined up community where I can show up to a place where once I felt uncomfortable and just say hey I'm a B Corp and I'm this anybody want to meet up and I can do that it's got me through a lot of doors and tables I never would have been part of and then the other side of the bigger missions of B Corp in my opinion like in the UK is the Better Business Act is actually trying to change government legislation of what it is to be a business in the UK now again this may take years hopefully not a decade um, <laughs> it would the sooner the government do this where every all of us are stakeholders rather than just shareholder primacy the sooner we start our appreciation of business on all business levels the moment we create a business in the UK and B, you know B Corp has championed that they've championed the Better Business Act um, Boardroom 2030 and many other campaigns so I think that's where their power is to get in there and as we know the big the businesses yes the slower they are to shift but the bigger the change they'll make and the more power they have to sway the governments not this government that just needs to go if i'm allowed to say that <laughs> God, mate you can say what you like about the government um, and um and so that's where i think the, the there's a a real opportunity for business but we are still building momentum and it's still quite slow and it's still quite laborious but 
businesses like mine and yours, we might be small, but we are mighty and we can influence at levels and move between and dance. We talked about dancing. We can dance in so many ways to then inspire those bigger businesses to take action. They just need enough people inspiring them. So B Corps, I do feel in whatever incarnation is one of the solutions for going from an extractive economy to regenerative. But we've got to be really honest with ourselves that we're not just creating green products for the sake of green consumerism, making ourselves feel great because they're better for the planet. What we need is to actually go, do I need this? How do we create less and nurture more? And do you, (laughs) do you feel that there is, um, do you feel that there is, uh, because I guess, You know, I'm looking at things like, um, you know, the last few weeks, you know, a bunch of lawyers, you know, have declared to Mm. the bar about, you know, refusing to to um, prosecute climate protesters or to represent any uh, fossil fuel companies now. And, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of noise coming from the ad sector for a while. There's the music industry, Mm. a a sort of, you know, earth percent and music declares and... um, there are more what I would call um, professional uh, services or practices that are starting to step into the uncomfortable stuff, right? Beyond yeah. beyond what you're beyond the we, we make green products, yeah. But to like we recognise the scale of the problem is so immense that what does it actually mean to be a lawyer slash banker slash retailer designer in a time of climate and ecological crisis are you because i i always recognize that at least in my way over the years i've always sensed people you know they find that very difficult going towards that that edge but now we're in a time where increasingly it's becoming very obvious that more we have to step more into these spaces of responsibility and courage right yeah do you do you sense that's coming more from different places yeah in in a lot of different ways and you know you've 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 spoken that truth really really well dan i think the thing is it's us coming to terms and not listening to our brains and our heads of what they're saying but actually our hearts and our guts that we know deep down we're all doing things wrong but we we haven't come to terms and had that conversation with ourselves to go oh actually yeah I am going to challenge the way I exist and make my money and get the life I do. And if this is where, you know, those lawyers have rightly done the right thing, you know, how can we be prosecuting somebody that is trying with that every part of their being to protect future generations? You know, it's not actually about them. They're doing this so now. It's it's multiple generations. Every ton of carbon we draw down and stop is going to provide lives for future generations. And I think, I think this is coming more and more. And even like with B Corp and stuff, even if you are just in a way just starting your B Corp journey, but you're doing it because you're seeing other businesses doing it, and you want to be like them. But once you start inquiring through the lens of the BIA and stuff, it does make you go, oh yeah, what policy should I do? Oh yeah, actually, what does it mean when my team strikes? Should I give some paid volunteering days and the like? And I think, I do think all industries are coming to a change point and it's just more like how soon? And actually those people that we might say again are mad or weird or what they're doing are actually they're the outliers the if anyone's seen the the tedx uh, thing the lone dancer and the first follower it's one of my favorite things to play constantly it makes it feels me with joyfulness but it's not about the the, the lone dancers dancing by itself because he or she or they were very happy doing that it's the first followers kind of to magnify them and then before we know it 
we've got a tipping point. And I think the more people we can support and hold up, you know, doctors for XR, um, you know, I've cycled to COP and things like that. People go going mad and go, no, it's the right thing for me to do. And I think in business, let's champion and applaud these people that are going against the grain of how business has been. Yeah, and we've, <clears throat> we've, um, uh, adopted this phrase i think i think diggled heim first show me but like we need weirder moves right now yeah. and it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like we mean that in the best way right we, we 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 i think we just need more and more what appear to be weirder moves going on you know go oh, what a bunch of lawyers for refusing to uh to <laughs> yeah. do what the bar says they should be doing you know and you know we saw something recently with like some hairdressers that are forming some kind of like climate hairdressing kind yeah. of protocol around you know and it's like yeah we need more 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 of that right and because by staying sort of to the normal trajectory, well, we know where that's going, right? So I, I, I think that's an interesting practice to say to people, we, you know, just br- you know, bring some more weird moves into you. You don't have to, you don't have to stop everything today, yeah. but just start doing some weirder stuff. Yeah, yeah, know? totally. Like, and then see what it feels right. like and, and see who might support that. And I think also, like I say, we, we have got this, you know, across all the sectors, these declaration movements happening. You know, um, I helped, um, you know, found, uh, originally business declares which is moving you know really swiftly and loads of businesses you know declaring a climate emergency a lot of organizations might only get to a stage of declaring but you've done your first weird move by doing that and showing it on your website and then once you've done that first weird move then take the next weird move which is to take action have a plan involve your team and then it grows from there um, and you know let your team do their own moves in that in their own ways but like give them the permission and the space to go actually what do you want to do um, we did something very simple the other day sorry it's a bit worky project but we yeah, got we got asked to create a calendar for a printer, a very a beautiful printer from from Bathway actually, and um, extan- outstanding print, very environmental, and um, but it, basically they were commissioning us to do a nice, pretty calendar showing off uh, different print techniques and recycled papers. That was great, you know, love it. But actually, the end user was eight hundred design agencies. So I asked the client, I said, "Would you mind if we could turn this into an activism calendar?" This might scare you a little bit. But there's some really cool organisations out there like Clean Creatives, um, Creative Conscience and Design Declares. And how about every three months on the back of the calendar, we gave uh, the problem and some solutions and what this is. So one of the things was the brave client, uh, Alan Smith, you know, fantastic guy, as I said, um, was that one of them is confronting your agency if they're working with fossil fuel. But we did it in a kind of a positive way, just like more like a curiosity going like, don't do this, but actually understand and actually what could that mean to not be working with fossil fuel companies. So a simple bit of design went out to 800 agencies and now we're seeing it all over the internet of people going, I didn't know this about, you know, design. And one of those things, Creative Conscience, Chrissy Levette, who you probably know. Yeah, um, she's been on the podcast in the early days. It's about looking after yourself in all of this as well. So we had three areas which was like actually challenge the brief confront talk and last one was like care, take care of yourself in these situations so beautiful i see look at that weird move and what happens uh in the moment you're good at that spontaneous stuff that's what, that's what that's <laughs> if what i don't think no if, well, if that's we it, think that's, that's the thing that's the it? problem that's the thing but you have to you, that's the energy again yeah. right? because you're tuning in yeah. to a moment and your body is telling you here's a moment here we could do something you're not thinking it you're feeling it yeah. i bet right yeah, it's you're always the feel you're feeling it yeah, yeah. and you just do it and uh I'm feeling it right now. I'm si- I can't actually believe. Look, it's cleared up. We've got blue We're sky. Now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful big birches. I'm, I'm so happy I brought you because it's, I'm no, it's a my, lovely space my, to my back against yeah. this oak and these twin oaks. I've come here 
over the years, I used to, I, the kids used to go to primary school down the bottom of this wood. I used to drop them off and come up here. And I've sat, I've sat with these oaks. I've shared a lot with these oaks. I've, I've, there's a, I've weeped a lot actually beneath these oaks. They've, I've, I've come here when, in, you know, in probably my, some of my most difficult times over the last years. And, uh, I think I was saying to you, I'd, I always leave. It's not like they solve the problem. <laughs> it's no, like, it's not like they everything's sorted. But I definitely leave these oaks feeling like I'm 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 more able to to to, to sort of hold the the complexity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there's a calmness as well. Yeah. Even like when we've had, we've just had like four scenes in one day, sort of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, although not some by crowded house, but uh, <laughs> but you know, and throughout this, it's been very calm. I don't, you know although people see me as a talker and somebody that's very easy to be on camera I find it really awkward and squirmish it really helps when I've got great people that can guide me through but actually this is probably the easiest place for me to talk I mean whether I make sense or not is another thing but so Matt you, you always make sense mate. and I tell you, you know this podcast is not is not somewhere people come I don't think for, for sense <laughs> <laughs> I don't True. know what they come for to be honest but uh, um, no it's marvellous so listen what um, what is what's really alive for you at this moment like what is yeah can you share a little bit about like what's what's really bubbling up for you at this moment um the art of possibility in really uncertain times and i unfortunately will say that it's gonna you know for the next couple of years the we've all got to look after our ships and our crews really well whether it's your family whether it's your community or whether it's yourself uh, your teams um I'm excited that for me that things like Goodfest, which were quite stubborn birthings, I'm sure you've had this with some of the things you put into yeah, the world. Still having them. Yeah. Um are slightly easier. They're not easy, but people are willing to support and help and come forwards. Uh, you've, you've, you've put some roots down, haven't you? It, exactly. And people want to support those things. And then Unlearning for myself, I guess I've always been somebody that's loved nature. I've loved mythology. I've loved space, but there seems to be a, a a portal for me at the moment that's kind of tantalizingly showing me everything from primordial wisdom to future wisdom and how I interact with that and whether I even understand it is there within grasp like a bit like a a greek uh like being in hades and something slightly tantalizing out of your like water or fruit you're always hungry or always thirsty it's there i can see it i can feel it i just got to become in tune with it so um all of this i'm at a time of um letting goes because like leap is 20 in october 2004 esme well is, done mate thank you esme's going to be 19 uh in the same year and Grace my youngest is going to be 18 that year so not that I want them to go but no, I but think that's, it's, that's, a that's a threshold isn't it you tell me about it <laughs> so um, I'm taking every opportunity to, especially to be with my girls and just enjoy any time whatever whether it's taxi time going out to get them their alcohol <laughs> <laughs> or just sitting listening to them about how their day at work has been I'm just really enjoying that time and sort of getting a vibe about what my own parents must have felt um, with me and you when we left home for the first time and things like that so um, making sure they've got a safe harbour to come back to that's beautiful man and uh, 
and uh, tell us because I reckon we should probably well before the this thing is gonna it's gonna it's yeah. gonna it's gonna it's gonna do its thing and just uh, the batteries are gonna die um, as all things do right we, you know, we, have, to fa- we have to face <laughs> yeah. into our endings indeed that's a whole that's a whole yeah. podcast on that recently um, but um, <laughs> just <laughs> let's not talk about endings let's talk about beginnings just anything you want to share about this year or anything coming up that you yeah you want to point people to or obviously good fest yeah so we've got good fest in september um and uh, yeah september 28th and 29th in this our fifth year um really excited because we've got um dr silla elworthy who wrote the book the business case for peace coming down um i was very privileged to be in the sinai desert with silla in 2008 with the jebeliah tribe where i met her for the first time on one of my leap adventures um so really amazing to have silla coming join us we've got various other speakers that we'll be announcing soon but they're there will be uh, quite a bit of a uh, emphasis on citizens, justice, and peace. Inner peace and out of peace. Beautiful. Um, Anthropy is back again on the 1st to the 3rd of November, looking at the quality of life and the questions and actions we need to do to have a more prosperous uh, life for all in the UK so over just the give us a little years. bit of heads up on that for folks like what's that all about I sort of so vaguely remember something last year Anthropy is a kind of a what would you say it's like um, Davos meets Glastonbury Festival <laughs> of Ideas Eden gets hired out for three days um, this year it would be about 2,000 attendees 150 panels and curated spaces so you kind of wander around and you could be one minute learning about ecocide and the next minute hearing from Sadiq Khan talking about how governments are delayers and mayors are doers and so and in between that UK youth and and different individuals talking about anything from disruption to the future of culture so um, inspired by uh, John O'Brien is the founder of Anthropy and has titled the anybody that's been at Anthropists um, and basically yeah looking looking at the future now and taking action upon it with leaders both young and old um, so that's something I've been involved in I was chair of Cornwall for it last year it's one of the many we talked about it earlier these strange weird tables I get asked to be part of people see more in me than I might see in myself I just say yes to mm-hmm. uh, other things for me taking some time out for me so I'm going to be cycling the Hebrides I'm a huge lover of being on a bike um, and I'm after cycling the COP26 and did 540 miles there the people that were running the um, the space Adventure Uncovered um, I've become really good friends with them with James uh, James and yeah. Rosie mm. and Joe and so uh, I did the Jurassic Coast with them last summer as my summer holiday and I'm doing the Hebrides Island hopping in May with them so a bit of time for me which is really essential to be around amazing people on a bike like traversing a land um, for me there's no better way to get through a landscape so again lots of different things and I'm learning I'm on a learning 12 months for myself um, and then keep watching you know yourselves and what you're doing Dan because I'm always inspired by what I learned from you know yourself Spaceship Earth becoming crew mm. and um, and obviously your own energies and, and brilliantness so um, I look forward to joining one of those in the future myself well, thanks man and on that do you um you know the you know the, you know the vibe here like we're uh, we're all we're all we're all trying to figure out how to step into service on this great big living spaceship and uh, participate with the rest of this more than human intelligence have you got a little a little suggestion a little mission a little provocation a little invitation to listeners maybe something that uh, has kind of helped you on your way a little a little way to sort of explore maybe what they're they're being called to do right now 
I, th- I think, you know, what I would say is that that thing, stay curious, make sure that that beautiful child that sometimes has been, you know, blocked in and hemmed in and boxed in over life and your experiences from an early stage just gets a little bit of a chance to come back out. And the more he, she or they come back out, the more it reverberates and the more you can experience the true, true, yeah, true curiosity in the world. And I think I'm really proud of my eight year old self, but it took me many years to realize my eight year old was still coming out all the time and those dreams and imagination of eight actually did come to pass but it just came to pass in a different way um, so that's what I say is, is you know keep that curiosity um, we've talked about unknowingness today and I think you know getting into those uncomfortable unknowing spaces you're not alone and you don't need to be alone to do it find those tribes those crews those people those groups that you can maybe do it together because actually sharing is where it's at we're not alone we're not supposed to be alone as a species we're not supposed (laughs) to be alone inside our heads Uh, we're supposed to get it out there we can have silent times in nature we can soak it all up but we also do need to share so that's the thing so stay curious get out find your trues your tribes and and do some sharing outside of your head beautiful matt thank you for this wonderful <laughs> little woodland riff thank you uh, thank you and it's now sunny it's I know, hot i know, I know if you could, honestly, um, if you could see it, you wouldn't believe yeah. like if you, if you got if you got a picture was at the start it was like <laughs> hailing wind yeah. rain and now we're sitting in yeah. this sort of gorgeous yeah. sunshine coming through the trees and yeah, I just want to one, say one other thing, Dan. Yeah, just want to say you are appreciated, you know, and you know, big thanks to all you're doing because you've helped inspire me. You're a role model for many, and you might not record this or not, but I just want you to know this. You can listen to it every time you might get a bit of doubt, uh, because I think sometimes we all don't get our own appreciation that others see in each other. So thank you for you know sharing time for me meeting you on Instagram to meeting you in real life to hanging out under your two favourite oak trees it's <laughs> beautiful Matt thank you mate it right, means brother. a lot thank you dude if you've appreciated listening to this podcast would you consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a rating or review via your podcast provider it helps more people to find us and we'd be most grateful so, hope you enjoyed that little convo in the woods uh, with Matt and myself. Um, yeah, check out uh, Matt's work, check out Leap Design, um, get onto the Good Fest if you're sort of umming and ahhing about something, about maybe going to some kind of festival slash conference slash thing. I heartily recommend Good Fest. Um, really is nourishing, some really beautiful threads that they're weaving um down there and um yes there's some most excellent uh 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 offerings as well um in terms of guests and uh speakers and as you heard not just that there's all kinds of really interesting kind of workshops and breakouts and lots of times jump in the ocean um yeah very cool so um yeah, and again, as I said, if you're an organisation or in a business or in a team, then you're thinking we need to be up in our game in in uh, because of what we're facing into now in terms of these planetary crises. Um, check out what's yours to do uh, from becoming crew. Maybe that's an experience that could be helpful for you. So you can find that on the becoming crew website, becomingcrew.com forward slash one day. It's under the adventures. Uh, drop us a mail um, or a message if you want to chat more 
if you have enjoyed this episode please do share um and uh or give us a uh, give us a rating or a review i must say i must say i don't know how many times i say this and the reviews just they just never really go up um i get more ratings but the reviews which i think take you know a minute maybe to write a couple of minutes maybe i don't know what it is just seems to people just don't, don't seem to want to um want to write a cheeky review um the reason they are useful is because they every time the podcast gets a review it travels up in a search so more people find the podcast so if you have enjoyed this episode or another episode or other episodes of what we're doing here on the podcast a little cheeky review uh on apple or spotify would be really awesome It'd be really, um, really appreciated from us. Um, otherwise, leave a comment on the Instagram at thespaceship.earth. Uh, we're on Twitter at Becoming Crew. Um, and yeah, leave a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if it's bringing up any of this stuff's bringing up messages. But messages bringing up kind of, yeah, messages bringing up a message into my brain about the pain and how insane sorry i should stop there um but yeah let, let us know um you know let just let us know what what comes up for you through these episodes when people do reach out we get lots of messages and dms and comments and mails and it's so lovely to um to get them you know to get them out of the blue to get a little mail that just says you know yeah i just really appreciate that we we love that and uh and if you're thinking about, you know, um, stepping more fully into service, uh, check out becomingcrew.com. Those are our unlearning adventures. Um, we're in the middle of the remix at the moment, uh, which is a three-month thing. We've just launched the What's Yours to Do for organisational teams, and we've got more stuff coming in the autumn. Um, best way to keep on top of all of this stuff on episodes, on... Um, you know, learning journeys on gatherings is to uh, sign up to our Substack, becomingcrew.substack.com. That way you'll get uh, all our updates, uh, new episodes, new offerings and uh, writings that we are occasionally writing, wanting to do more of. Um, so, yeah, that's the best way to keep in the mix. I'm going to play out with the track. Um, I'm going to keep uh, keeping to the Woodland uh, theme. Um, it's a track called Woodland Oracle by Full Tone. Um, it's just a really beautiful little house, deep house number. Um, it was released in 2019. It's been uh, a regular mainstay uh, uh, whenever I uh, play, play out. And um, uh yeah, and my youngest, Willow, absolutely loves it. So uh, on that, um, look after yourself. Um, try and slow down, create some space. Look out for those around you. And of course, keep entangling yourself with the more than human world that we live in. And until uh, next time, peace and out. This podcast is created in service to life for you. It takes time funds and energy to make. If you'd like to contribute to the running costs, you can donate the price of a cuppa or a pint. Find the link on our website. This podcast wouldn't exist without the following crew. Charlie Shred, Audio Jedi. Seaman Home Burgess and Jim Rem. 
Willow Burgess Jingles.